You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. It's real. The fact that when you're following Christ, when you're reflecting Him, you will have influence. You've got to be willing to embrace that. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today, joined by two special guests. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. And we're joined by this week's speaker, the one and only Sean Stover. Yeah, I think there's a couple of us, but thanks for having me anyway. <laughs> Are they really? It's great. To, really, yeah. Surely. Great it's a big world. Doctor, Dr. Sean Dr. Stover? Sean. Does that help? Yeah, Dr. Stover that... may only be one of those. The rest <laughs> of them are selling chocolate candies. <laughs> Today, we are talking, we're continuing a series on peace and exile, kind of closing out 2020 and the crazy year it's been with this series. Sean, you talked about Daniel. So I'd love to kind of just get your first thoughts as you were preparing for this and just even the series in general, kind of your thoughts to kick things off. Yeah, I my first thought was resistance. I mean, Old Testament, prophets, exile. I'm like, golly, have we not had enough hard <laughs> stuff going on in 2020? But uh, I love Jose's heart, and I totally trust it in what the Lord's saying to him. And so I owed it to him to kind of be open. And man, the openness led to a really cool place. And that was the realization that these stories of exile have a ton of hope for us Mm -hmm. in our day. And they speak to still what we're experiencing today. You know, even as our hearts experience alienation and and longing for more, and uh, we feel like our culture around us is less than home for us or something that we're maybe as proud of as we would like to be. So it turns out the more I dug in, the more I realized there was a lot of relevance. And um, so I ended up really kind of pumped to get to do the, the teaching this past week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You did a great job. I'd love to kind of start, and I think we'll end up talking about this throughout the series, this concept of exile, because I just love how each week we're kind of going back to it to kind of reset before we dig into the prophets. So what was kind of, as you were kind of researching, and Jose, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, as far as those three different kind of ways of kind of living in exile, was there anything that just this week as you were preparing that kind of just really kind of resonated with you uh, in the midst of that balance and of the continuum? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, for me, especially and for the people that I kind of hang out with or, you know, am, am involved in here in our community in Central Texas, that there's not a lot of kind of rebellion and dissension. Like we don't want to have anything to do with the culture we live in. Like we're, we know we're Christ followers and we're set apart. And so we don't want to have anything yeah. to do with this. We're going to take our light and hide it over here on a hill, you know, and under a bushel or whatever the saying is. But, but I do think that the other end of that continuum is really relevant to the folks I hang out with. And that is the, man, sometimes we compromise so much that we just begin to look just like the culture and nobody can discern who's a believer and who's not, who's showing up at church on Sunday and who's not, who turns to the Lord in dependence uh, and who doesn't, who prays when things get tough and who just hopes they get better. And so that was what resonated the most with me in those postures that we can take toward exile is that, uh, man, a lot of people, and, and myself and Christina, our family included, we can sometimes get to looking so much like the culture um, that we forget we're supposed to be different, and we are different because mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're we're chosen and set apart, and we are blessed with relationship with the Lord. So that middle ground of um, integrating into the culture while remaining loyal to the values we've been given and the Lord that we serve—that's the challenge. How do we do that? 
Mm-hmm. I appreciated how specific you went in. Yeah. I told you right after the service, one word, you know, review of the message was bullseye because you hit so many different areas and you hit right to the core of those areas that we all struggle with as we think about, are we conforming or are we being transformed? Are we, are we living differently? And I love also that you touched on Daniel because Daniel's not like the other prophets. The other prophets are more like advocates. They are, they're bringing accusation to the people of God. Daniel's right in the middle of it. He's among the people. Well, maybe not among all the people because he's used for, you know, serving, um, the emperor, but he, he is in the middle of it and he's a great example to follow. And so I learned a ton yesterday and felt convicted on a few things that you said, because it is difficult to sometimes know where the balance is of, am I, am I being too much like the culture or am I set apart? Yeah, that's actually my next question was going to be, how do we kind of just practically kind of figure out that as far as like, what do I do if I keep feeling like I'm in the world and I just don't know kind of what that looks like? Like how do we first recognize that we are maybe too far into that uh, aspect of conforming and then how do we kind of work our way to kind of that, that healthy middle? Yeah, this may be an oversimplification, but it's almost to me like integration is about where we show up and we should be willing to show up in lots of places. Maybe that we even feel like as a Christian, should I be here? Because right. um, Jesus did that, man. Yep. He showed up in all kinds of places that people thought he shouldn't have. So I think we shouldn't worry so much about the where. Mm. And I think the flip side of that is, but how we show up makes all the difference. So, you know, some folks are having a party and uh, families are getting together and it's it's friends of your kids, you know, they're friends and you get invited, uh, you know, should we go, should we not? Show up, absolutely mm-hmm. show up. But how you, so when you show up, are you gonna act just like everybody else there? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to hold on to the values that you espouse to? I think that's the distinction that I'm kind of kicking around. I don't know if that's good enough, but it's a start anyway for me. Don't be so hung up on where you end up, but, but how you act when you're there is important. I know... Jose and I have both been blessed to get invited by a guy in the church to a breakfast uh, on you know Fridays and just hang out with this group of guys that I don't think normally we would get a chance to right. to be around. And um, so Jose's done it a couple of times. I have, and it's like you know, man, just showing up there with those guys is is awesome. And we just show up authentically as Christ followers, but accepting of them, um, and you know, trying not to hopefully be judgmental. And uh, in the process, you just get you get to be light in places you might not get to. Yeah, I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on someone that maybe uh, like they hear all that and they're like, yes, that's good. I wanna be a light, I wanna stand firm, but they just continually go back to just the ways of the world when they get around this group of people or just even just within a culture and just kind of continuing to kind of be uh, defined by the circumstances and just what they're consuming. Like how does someone that's maybe just really kind of wrestling with that and keeps defaulting back to the world, how do you kind of maintain your salt and light? Yeah. Well, one of the lessons uh, from Daniel that I took away was that you, you can't do it by yourself. Yep. Like if you're going yep. into those places all alone, mm-hmm. then uh, you're probably going to get picked off. But if you go in with a team of folks, um, you know, so for Christina and I, I mean, we have each other. Most of the places we get invited, we go together. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes have to even pray on the way over there. Hey, when we're there, help us to be salt and light in this location, but help us to be loving toward the people we come in contact with. And um, 
man, I think more really for the college students, you know, and, and those folks that are in situations where they get invited to things and exposed to things and on a college campus like Texas yeah. State or anywhere. And uh, you got to have people willing to hold you accountable and be an encouragement to you. Because mm. if you try to if you try to go be salt and light by yourself, I think you can get snuffed out mm-hmm. pretty quickly. And you have some other. I, I completely agree. I realized early on that I was not strong enough on my own, and that I lacked community. So personally, for me, when I moved to the Netherlands, my third year of university, I was plugged into Crosstalk before then. I started following Jesus seriously. I was living differently. I looked differently. I would show up to you know coffee shops to interact with people that believed very very different things, but was able to do so in a loving manner. I had such confidence in my faith because I was daily surrounded by people that loved Jesus. When I went to Europe, that changed. And I realized how um, my muscle, my self-control muscle, my uh, ability to, I didn't have anybody holding me accountable. I didn't have anybody walking alongside me. And that's when I realized, man, we, no one is immune. I mean, we, we are all susceptible to, it's not the scheme of the enemy. I think it's the, the sinful desire that lives within us, you know, that, that leads us to sin. But it's also this culture. We live in exile and this is not our home. And when I think about prophets, I'm thinking about that warning. This is not good for you. And we don't believe that all the time. So for someone that is struggling with, how do I, how do I know that balance? I would say, believe that God's way is really the best way. Mm-hmm. Even when it doesn't feel good or sound good, or when other people say that it's not true, it still is the best way. And then find a few people that are gonna affirm that. And there's no safer, there's no safer place than that. I do think that we grow and we do mature and uh, we grow you know, in, in, in our faith, we grow personally, the deeper we go with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And this is not in the out, this is what's so challenging is <laughs> it's not done outwardly. It's all inward. You know, when we truly grow our relationship with God intimately in our own time, it's like marriage. No one, doesn't matter how good a marriage looks, if you're not working on your marriage behind closed doors, it's, it's, not, it's not gonna grow. Sean, help me if that's not the, if that's not the case. Um, but it's the same thing with the Lord. We really need to harbor that relationship. And the more we do, I think also the more we, we remember how approved and accepted we are, by him. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we go into these situations, the reasons why we cave is because we're looking for approval. We're looking for acceptance in the mm-hmm. things of this world rather than who God says we are. Yeah, you said several good things there, Jose. I think that last point about we go into these environments and we want to be accepted, we want to mm-hmm. fit in, we want approval, we want to people please. And uh that's all natural. It's it's yeah. in us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we can't run from that, but man, we can embrace that and and, and turn back toward the God who does all of those things for us, loves us, approves of us, and accepts us. And that intimacy was another thing that you just said, and you likened it to marriage. I think that's important. Again, God, in my opinion, is willing to go anywhere to find lost people, Mm -hmm. anywhere to find a sheep that's gone astray. And so you can't go somewhere that God's like, oh, no, no, I'm not going in there with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you recognize that he is, if you have that intimate relationship, you're like, all right, God, you and I are going into this, going into this interaction. Uh, You know, how should I show up? Like, how can I honor you in this place? Mm -hmm. And the more intimate you are with the Lord, the more you're going to have really good understanding of how you're supposed to behave and represent him. It's good. All of that, the, the stronger we, we get in our faith, the more mature we become, the more word we have hidden in our heart, 
uh, the more accountability and friends we have going into it with us, the more we'll be able to integrate and yet remain loyal. I love that picture because you would think that the more you know the Lord, the more different and separate you would be from the world, but really the deeper you go in with Jesus, the more effective you are in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives you the strength and the courage to stand up and speak truth and love in places where there's not a lot of light, there's not a lot of hope. And boy, do we need to be those people in our community in a day like Yeah, I heard a quote, something to the effect of, uh, God didn't give us the light so that we would flee the darkness. He gave us the light so that we would conquer the darkness. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think just not even just focusing on learning more about who God is, but I think it's helpful for me when I think about just learning more and taking captive the ideas of the world. Because I think if I'm traveling to a new country, it's best for all involved if I learn you know, about the country and just as much as I can. And so I think that I still find myself surprised by sin and just sinful people. And it's things that part of learning who God is, is also learning the contrast as far as from what the world is. And so I think that part of that, when I'm trying to wrestle with, okay, am I going to try to worship and blend in with the world? What is that really going to look like? Where is that really going to lead up? Because I think if I just kind of try to sprinkle God on some things and, and kind of make it fine, then I, I won't realize the consequences that kind of the, that involve the world. Where that plays out yeah. over time. And you've done that. You've been there, right? Till you've had jobs that were not church affiliated. You've right. been out there right. in the working world, in the secular environment. I'm sure you ran into things there that were... You were, you were asked to compromise maybe things that were important to you or that you knew the Lord would want differently. And it, it's tough in that kind of spot. But it is also so easy to blend in. And so I think when I'm insecure, that's the first thing I do is try just to blend in. So it, it definitely uh, is a, a message that I need to hear. Kind of continuing with Daniel and kind of you laid out a few practical points. I'd love to just refresh people real quick. The five applications, we've talked about several already. With Daniel wasn't willing to compromise his standards. He had friends to encourage him. Daniel made God the center aspect of his life. He used his influence and Daniel's faith persevered through hardship. I'd love to kind of tackle the influence piece because some people listening are like, okay, what kind of influence do I have? I'm just, you know, I have my either my family or I've just got a few group of friends. Like, I'd love for you to kind of expound on what that kind of looks like and and how we bring influence just in this kind of biblical context. You know, the willingness to stand up for biblical values and for biblical principles and to stand for your relationship with Jesus will always create influence. Um, You guys know part-time I work for a company that sells chicken and (laughs) somehow, uh, you know, this company, because they're willing to look a little different and conduct business a little different and close on Sundays yeah. and put customer service and hospitality above profit. Um, just biblical principles that they operate by cause them to, to look different and they give them influence. And it's real. The fact that um, when you're following Christ, when you're reflecting Him, you will have influence. You've got to be willing to embrace that because not everybody really wants that. You know, a lot of people are more like, hey, don't don't look at me. Did yeah. you, you figure it out for yourself. You define your own faith. You define what you want your relationship to look like. And I love in Philippians how bold Paul was where he said, you know what? A lot of you guys haven't seen it. So whatever you've seen in me, whatever you learned from me, whatever you've heard from me, then put that into practice. Paul was bold enough to say, even though I've screwed up a whole bunch of stuff, 
I've also been trying to follow the Lord, and I know I have influence. And so, if I, if you're if I'm all you you've seen, then try to put that into practice. We've got to be the kind of people that are bold enough to do that. You know, to say, "Hey, I don't know that we've got it all together, but I know that we've learned some things." And so, let us be an influence. It's so good. I mean, I think of people that don't think they may have an influence when you stand up. When you say something, when you chat, like you challenged us yesterday, do people know that when they're having a hard time, you know, will you go and ask them, hey, I'll be praying for you. I believe that God answers prayers. He hears, he gives us peace and comfort through hard times. I mean, when you use whatever influence God's given you and you stand up and you step out in faith, that will go, that will influence more and will go further than anything we, we can imagine because it's not our power that we are, you know, in, it's not by our power that we are influenced. That, that's the gospel. That's the hope living inside of us. And that's what the gospel needs. It needs mouthpieces. The power is in the message. Just need to be messengers to say, hey, let's, let's just speak it out. So I, I love that you mentioned that. And Daniel did have incredible, incredible influence. Most biblical characters have pretty incredible influence, but I also love the dichotomy of seeing Paul writing a letter to this church, singular church, the Philippians, that's still relevant to us today, writing a letter to one of his mentees, Titus, and we get that letter, and it is the word of God for us today. And so his influence went way beyond what he thought it would be used, but it's not him. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God's gospel that um, allows us to have influence because of how powerful that message is. Yeah, Exactly, Jose. I don't think we want to overcomplicate it either. I think when we have a relationship with the Lord, what comes out of us is the fruits of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so if what's flowing out of you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, those things, if that's what's flowing out of you and you show up somewhere, people will notice. Mm -hmm. People will see it. You know, my family made fun of me yesterday afternoon. We, We have sermon critique time uh, informally. Uh, and uh, usually they just make fun of my crying. They, they're okay with all my teaching, but usually they count how many times I cried. And so they made fun of me for, for crying as I talked about Cade. I'm confident that Cade at, you know, in college on the football team, I know he doesn't put a cross in black under his eyes. And I, I doubt that he says much about the Lord at all. Um, but I also know he has the Lord in the relationship with him and those fruits of the spirit flow out of him in everything that he does. And so when somebody needs something at two in the morning, I don't think they think, oh, that Cade, he's a super Christian. He'll show up and help me. I just think they think, man, that guy has a lot of love and joy and peace and kindness and self-control in him. He's the guy I need to talk to. Mm -hmm. And that's what influence is. Mm -hmm. That's it, man. You, You know, yeah, some of us have the gift of evangelism and we're going to be out front and be like, this is why and the Lord and you got to know the Lord and lead people to the Lord. That is amazing. Most of us just have the fruits of the Spirit and we live our life that way and we let people know that that comes from the source mm-hmm. that is the Lord. That's influence. Yeah, that's really good. And I'll just tack on one thing, just the fact that Daniel was consistent. You kind of talk about Kate as far as just with his character, just consistent regardless of the influence that God gave him and them. And I think that that's something that at least... I won't speak for like my generation, but I just think for like me and just others, I know it's easy just to think, okay, as soon as I get the platform or the position, like as soon as you give me the influence, then I'll like, you know, praise God and give glory to him. But until then, I'm just kind of going to wait around and just kind of wait for that. And so I think it's just neat that throughout scripture, God is using people based, based on who they are and just the way they're living when no one's looking, 
and yet being able to raise them up in positions. And so we don't get to dictate what influence God gives us, but we do get to dictate kind of how we can live. And so I love that you kind of focused on that, Sean. That's awesome. Great point. I'd love for us to kind of close up here and just talking about Daniel and just kind of, uh, just kind of again back to the whole series as a whole. Kind of what your thoughts are as kind of as you think about Daniel and just the ways in which he uh, did not just conform and did not just rebel, but instead truly was uh, integrated and remained loyal. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? That was like before I jump in. I think that when we look at the series title, Peace and Exile, there's nothing that brings me more peace when I know that I'm doing right by God. And when, whenever I sense the Holy Spirit asking me to share something or call somebody, and when I see that His hand is on me in the little things, I'm not talking about the big things here, I'm talking about thinking of somebody, and then that person texts me five minutes later. Those little serendipitous moments that we can say, oh, what a coincidence. No, that's God, that's the Lord, and, and He's wanting us to be about Him and, and, and follow His way. That brings me peace in this crazy world Mm -hmm. exile, spiritual, emotional, cultural exile that we live in as Christians, that gives me peace because there's nothing more important than being, than being right by God. That's great. I do want to come back to that word peace as well. As I think about Daniel and his friends in the story, probably the thing that resonates with most folks is the you know the the fiery furnace that his friends had to go through and the trial of that and then the lion's den that Daniel had to go through and the trial of that and the level of persecution and hardship that they faced and uh i think it's helpful for us to remember that even at that level of hardship and persecution they ended with peace because yeah. god was with them we're going to face hardships we that's what exile is about and uh man i, I don't think anybody's going to get thrown in with lions that's listening to this um okay. yeah and uh, unless a fire gets out of control, you know, a bonfire, we're probably going to be safe in that too. But we're going <laughs> to face tough stuff. You know, our marriage isn't always going to go the way we want it to go. Our kids aren't always going to be obedient. Our friends aren't always going to be trustworthy. And uh, sometimes our, you know, our mood's going to be bad. We're going to feel depressed. We're going to be anxious. That's supposed to happen in exile. But Daniel gives us the example that if you remain loyal, God remains faithful. And if you turn to him for comfort, then the outcome is peace. And uh, I, I long for that in my family. I long for that in our church. And I long for that in our community. If we are a people who resonate and resound peace, uh, that's going to be attractive. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.